Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode two of the Mysteries of Chaos and Shadow podcast. My name is Kyle, and I'm joined here by my co-host, Pagan. How are you doing this week? I am good. How are you doing? I am doing very, very well. I am so interested in this project. This podcast has my full attention right now. And like, I, I, I just, yeah, we've been, we've been working away. Um, absolutely insane. Wonderful times. You and me this week set ourselves with a mandate of searching all things haunted, paranormal, etc. in the state of Maine. And uh, it was kind of our first week of diving into some serious research, I guess. What do you think? I think it was, but it was actually a lot of fun. I, I, I didn't realize exactly how much I was going to enjoy the research aspect of this gig until we started really diving into it. And I'm just like, I need to know more. There has to be more. There has, And it's just this constant treasure hunt of searching for things. So that is one thing I'm super looking forward to for the rest of the, all of the episodes is the research aspect. Yeah, and it's funny how that kind of catches up with you, because even last night I was finding big stuff out. I'm like, am I going to try and fit this into the podcast? I'm like, I shouldn't do it. it, it it's it's not going to work. I'm like, I'll save some of this, maybe do something with supplemental content in the future. So, um, right? yeah. That, like the thing that I sent you this morning. Right. So, yeah, it's like we were still finding stuff today, even. We it was it was great. So, um, and I have a nap trying to like eat me. I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> I know what that's like. It's summertime. The gnats are out. Uh, oh, I, hate, I hate all bugs. Yeah. I'm very hey. anti-pagan when it comes to bugs, which is funny. Smushing so. all the bugs, killing the nature there. I know. And you need, you need this cookie for all times. Yeah. You need to have some, some uh, space just to yourself. Um, exactly. So I wanted to kind of do a rundown and kind of ask you what, what you've been up to this week, aside from killing gnats. Is there anything you've been binging, listening to, watching, reading, kind of outside of our, our research or related? What what are you doing, Pagan? For me, um, I've been, like, obsessed with all things paranormal. Like, always. I'm always obsessed with all things paranormal. But it's funny that now it's just all-consuming. So I'm diving full-hearted into it i've been watching shows kindred spirits which is a great show on travel channel if you guys want to check it out it's amazing um i've also been watching trending fear um which is also another good one and just researching lots of topics and it's so funny how in hellier they talk about the synchronicities Mm -hmm. and it's so interesting because now that we're doing this show everything paranormal is just like popping out to me Ah, and so I'm like, this is, and I'm even like dreaming about paranormal research, which may not be a good thing, but whatever. Um, it, it's just I, I'm obsessed and I'm loving it. So I, I, I really kind of want to like continue doing this, and hopefully, we might actually get to do some investigations <sighs> down the road. I would, I would so, so, so love that. That is, that is one of our goals. We're going to kind of talk about that because last week, chat was asking us to. Um, work on setting up a goal. I should remind everyone that we're actually live right now on Twitch. So hello to chat. If you guys want to join us, it's Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern time. I believe that's 1 a.m. in the UK. And then you guys Mm -hmm. can convert to any local time zone there. But uh, yeah, anyway, we're on Twitch. We're doing it interactive as people are bringing up topics that are relevant in chat. We're going to be trying to hit on those questions as time goes on. Um, But yeah, it's just, it's, it's been so fun to dive into this. And I admit, Pagan, I've been like eating breathing sleeping paranormal lately i 
I got into that Leah Remini Scientology in the Aftermath documentary oh, show. Such a good show. Ooh. Such a good show. Super creepy, oh. but such a good show. Did you see the documentary that quote unquote kicked that off uh, called Going Clear a couple years ago? I did. Oh, yeah. Scientology is one of those super weird topics that is there's so much mystery surrounding it. We might even do a whole episode on Scientology to. in the Please. future. Because there's just so much that it's just, it's uber creepy. It uber, is. Uber, uber creepy. I admit cults and that's... paranormal, but ugh, it's creepy. There is something, you know, but I admit that the overlapping between the cult stuff, it's it's like, it's human creepy, but there is that religious sort of aspect to most, you know, to all cults, I guess, technically. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that does relate to what we do. So diving into the paranormal, I think we can both throw that under the umbrella there. And still, I think you could, yeah. Yeah, it, it's just, it's been taking up a lot of time. And I've still been doing uh, the Mothman Prophecies book. But I, I guess I'll launch into the big thing here, which is to say we did uh, what you guys asked for, which is we created a Patreon. People had asked <laughs> how they could fund our future endeavors here. I know we're early on, but Pagan and I are both coming in knowing a lot of friends in this community. So for everyone out there that was looking for a way to, to donate, contribute, get us on our, off our feet. Wait, on our feet? whatever the phrase is, to get us up and running, check out our link tree has a support us button, I think at the very, very bottom. That'll take you to Patreon. We've got all kinds of cool tiers from a bonus podcast a month extra. Uh, We're going to have some priority things that people want to submit voice messages. Um, We have founders Mm -hmm. tiers, which are going to be linked to cool things. It's great. Check it out. Get access to our vault of notes. It's going to be very, very fun. But Without further ado, oh, yeah, yeah, I was gonna say we're gonna do interviews that yes. you guys will have access to. There's gonna be extra podcasts, thank you, extra spooky stuff, all sorts of great stuff, and eventually there's gonna be some merch involved as well. Indeed. So if you guys want to kind of fund the future endeavors of the podcast, check out the Patreon. Anyway, enough about Patreon. Let's get into Maine. I'm excited. I, I, need, I need to dive into this. I think we do it. So for Maine this week, we, we kind of talked in a chat beforehand. Uh, this one is a bit more of a scattershot episode as compared to like a, a single shot at something where we found about a mile's wide worth of content in Maine, but very little depth to it. So it's a very broad sort of discovery but again we had a hard time finding a ton of corroborating sources what do you want to do do you want to start should we maybe talk a little bit i I put something in our notes where i asked what is the story of maine i feel like maybe we should start here for a second just because I i think we should start there set it up a little bit for the group so one of the first things we noticed when we saw there was lack of information is why is that well I didn't realize that Maine is listed as like it's the 42nd most populated state in the U.S. So not huge on how many people live there. Seeing as it's in the New England area, I just assumed it was totally, you know, populated full of people like all those other areas. And yeah, not the case. So that is probably a big part of it. Another thing I learned is how much logging camps played into the exchanging of lore in that region. We'll get yes. into that a bit more later, too. Uh, you noticed, Pagan, there wasn't too much going on with the paranormal groups in that area. Not, not to disparage them, but like there just wasn't like a bulk of content. Is that right? There wasn't a bulk of content that they were other than like Twitter, like there wasn't many. I think there was only like one or two groups, which is kind of really rare for most states. A lot of states have even minor groups. There's a lot of them. 
And so to only find one or two was very, 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 it was just weird. Like it was really weird. And it was also weird that the stories were very superficial. Mm -hmm. Like they didn't, they had meat on their bones, but they didn't have a lot. And so it kind of begged the question of why does Maine not want to talk about its paranormal history? Like what's going on there, Maine? What's up with this? And even like some of the UFO stuff, there, there is there's cryptids, there's UFOs and there's, you know, the paranormal stuff. It's all there, but it's very tiny mm-hmm. in comparison. So it was one of those things of why and why isn't there information? Why cannot is there nothing in Google? Mm-hmm. Like Google mm-hmm. literally ran out of options for us. That's um, true. So literally google's like did i answer your question i'm like google you gave me like five responses what's Uh, going on (laughs) are you broken hello um i don't know so maine was maine was a very interesting state we really had to work to get our information this week Mm -hmm. so but it was fun it was a lot of fun yeah so i mentioned logging camps earlier i'll also call out uh, another theme we saw throughout there was the um the penobscot i believe is the way to say it penobscot (laughs) Uh, tribal nation, so the Native Americans that were there, uh, that has a good chunk of lore surrounding that, some other critters related. But again, I, I, I focused in on the more cryptid side of it. Pagan took the haunted side of it. We're going to kind of come together, tell each other a little bit of these stories as we go through. But yeah, we really were kind of wondering, what is that story of Maine? Why, why is it so undetailed, I guess? Uh, okay, so shall I tackle a cryptid first? Scott, is that correct, Amy? Oh, Matthew Winch is Amy. She is my witchy friend that I talk about all the time. Well, so, hello, uh, she, she's, she's amazing, y'all. I'm probably butchering it still. Well, let me tell. Oh, <laughs> hey, why I'll don't with you, so. <laughs> why don't we kick off because we're just talking about loggers and stuff with talking about mm-hmm. the specter moose that's going on out there. Oh, I love the specter moose. Yeah. So, okay, uh, you told me a little bit. I'm going to toss it to you though in a sec to give me a little bit more if that's okay. But so I'm, yes. I'm getting that this. Oh, and I have a picture of it too, so people on the live stream can see. It might be a little bit small. Can I blow this up? Uh, but basically, this is a story of a moose who, I, what, hunters got him, and then they found him walking through the camp again at the middle of the night? Yeah, okay, Give so some the, more. This, interestingly about this, uh-huh. this moose was ginormous. It's apparently three times the size of a bull moose. And oh. anybody who's ever seen a bull moose, they're not small. They're huge. They're massive. Like, they take on cars and toss them around like they're ragdolls. Um, and so this thing is three times the size of this. And so these hunters are like, oh, this is going to give us lots of meat. Let's hunt it. Uh So they did. They shot it. They strung it up from a tree. They slit its throat to bleed it and gut it and all that and let it bleed out. Bleeding an animal that big takes a while. So you have to kind of leave it overnight. And so they all got in their tents, went to bed and they heard something rustling around their camp. They look out, and there's this moose with its throat still slit, tearing up their camp. Whoa. They shoot it again, and it disappears. So, I mean, how weird is this that this giant moose comes back from the dead and literally tears up their camp, and they cannot kill it again? With- so my question is, did the moose let it them kill it the first time? Like, d- oh. is this part of this thing? 
where this moose is like, yeah, I'll let you kill me. And then I'm going to fuck up your world. Wow. Wow. So that's the specter moose, y'all. It's crazy and creepy. And I kind of want one for a pet. Uh, <laughs> where would you put it? It sounds massive. I mean, I live on a farm. It can live in my backyard. Okay. And I guess it is a spirit maybe too. I mean, uh, they cut its throat the first time. So I guess it was like physical a little bit, maybe, you know, enough to. I mean, and I then... don't know. Like, that's one of those weird ones. Like, is it a specter? Is it a spirit? Is it a physical manifestation? Spirit I don't moves. know. Could be spirit, spirit moves. Uh, so that's a big theme you guys are going to notice as we talk about some of these cryptids because they, they're very, what I want to say, they're like very grounded in reality creatures. <laughs> And then they've just got a little bit of a spin to them at the end. And we'll, we'll tie this all together at the very end of it. But um, basically, the first, the other one I want to talk about, the one I want to give you guys a little bit of info on, is the Tote Road Shagamaw. This guy is a very interesting one. I've not seen, I'm sorry, Chad, I'm trying to figure out ways to bring it up nice and big for you. There we go. Uh, I, I had not heard of this thing at all before we dove into Maine. Basically, it's got the feet. Let me let me grab my note here so I'm not screwing this up. Uh, Brunswick loggers tell of an animal which has puzzled many men, even those who are not strangers in the woods. Frequently reported is circulated in the tracks of having bare feet uh, near camps, but then later on they track it down to moose tracks instead. So literally they were saying as they're going through, they're following bear tracks and then they're switching over to moose tracks directly right in the path. What turns out the Shagamaw actually has a thing where every, I believe it's quarter of a mile, it switches yeah. up which legs it's choosing to walk on, which sounds like a hilarious uh, dance, I guess. Like, I mean, maybe it's trying to throw them off its trail. I, I think you're probably right with that idea. You know, it's like, oh, hey, the track's in it, but here's a bear track. And then it's like, okay, well, maybe the bear chased this thing off. And so, you, I don't know. It's like, it's just one of those really interesting cryptids. It is. And isn't that also in, uh, yeah, it's near Mount Desert, a.k.a. Salisbury Cove, which there's other um, cryptids that are from around that area that they think might actually be genetic mutations from the genetics lab at Mount Desert Island. That is absolutely right. There's so That's a little conspiracy theory right there. Which ties back in with what we just said. We, these A lot of these critters don't seem to be that far from reality. So I think, Pagan, you threw the idea at me that, you know, hey, if there was like a nuclear spill or some sort of radioactive or, you know, working on critters in these labs over there on Mount Desert Island, who knows? Something, uh, they might have been working on the local life I the mean, interesting thing is it's a genetics lab so you know genetics that's if you're going to make a mutation of some kind that's where you got to start is the genetics of the thing I so right. i don't know maybe these are on purpose maybe they're you know actual cryptids that have just been living in the creepy woods of maine forever maybe it's genetic splicing i don't know like it, it there's just there's too many questions that's the one thing i noticed with maine mm -hmm. is we walked away from all of our research with so many more questions than we went in with oh true and and none of this had hugely substantiating details again i no. uh, trying to give you guys information on it like i i'm calling out the tote road shagamaw because 
I hadn't heard of it until Maine, like I said. Looking at it online, it also lacked a ton of information. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, and the best reasoning that I've seen, again, we'll t- hit on this heavily later, but it seems to be because a lot of this was oral tradition. You know, not much of this got written down. It was logging legends. We talked about that earlier. The area is dotted with a lot of logging towns sort of stuff. So these were more of, I saw this thing and, you know, here, here's my tale. Do you want to hit him with one more Mm -hmm. cryptid before we move on from them? Yeah, I think so. Let's tell you guys about the Agripelter. Let me get this one up for chat. I'm going to get faster at this as time goes on now that I'm learning. So, chat, there you go. (laughs) This is the Agripelter. For those that are listening to our podcast uh, on the go, don't have a screen for it. It looks like a monkey or sloth in a tree this one's wielding a, a a log and by the way this is a cartoon rendition just an outlined sketch but it looks like he's a smack this uh lumberjack that's walking by it and that's actually the lore of him so he would strike out either um by throwing or smacking um stones branches things like that specifically branches was the big call out and then pagan you brought up the idea what other cryptid does that bigfoot in all Bigfoot lore, and it's funny that, you know, looking at this picture again, you know, we've looked at it so many uh-huh. times over the week, but looking at it again right now, it does look a lot like Bigfoot. And yes. it never really states exactly how big this creature is. So it could actually be, and, you know, some of the trees in Maine are quite large. Um, so it could be a form of Bigfoot or maybe Bigfoot's distant cousin. Who knows? Um, but Bigfoot lore states very much to kind of show its aggression and um, mark its territory away from other creatures and Mm -hmm. away from humans is it throws branches and it throws stones. It will throw big patches of dirt at you. It will basically do anything to show, you know, I am king here. You are not welcome. Get the hell out. And so I'm wondering if this is a similar kind of cousin to that that's actually doing the same kind of thing. Mm. And... You know, it's just, it's very interesting. I don't know. Maine is just a weird state, y'all. It really is. It really is. And I don't think our research with Maine, even though we're going to kind of talk about where we want to go and and how we're going to move around in future episodes, I I don't think we're by any means done with it. Because even now I'm sitting here looking at this new map I've pulled up for the chat and I'm Mm -hmm. seeing some connections here. Um, So this is a New England's cryptid map. I'll try and get a link to this in the show notes for everyone. But basically it's calling out a couple cryptids of Maine. Um, They have had Bigfoot sightings, which interesting on this one is it calls it the Durham Gorilla, which this guy kind of has, the the Agripelter kind of has gorilla-esque qualities Mm -hmm. to it. So I'm like now wondering, had I known that name, um, I, I would like to see what the cohesion is between them. There's also claims of Wendigo activity here. Maine has a lot of like the traditional big name sightings or big name cryptids. But we just the info is, is interestingly difficult to suss out. So you say like, oh, mm-hmm. Bigfoot hunting there or Bigfoot sighting there. But hunting down the actual recordings, information on it is very, very difficult. So I don't think we're done in the cryptid search in this state. So Maine? No, Maine, I think, is going to be one of the unsolved kind of ones that goes on the shelf. And it's going to, I think we're going to eventually end up coming back to Maine. And maybe eventually, you know, we had talked about um, 
if we can ever do a in-person investigation. Oh, There's a lot yes. of little haunted hotels and stuff like that that we said that we would want to do. And maybe we might take some hiking days and see if we can go find the agripelter. Oh, and that would be great. That, that would be kind of cool to think, you know. So there's, I think Maine is just going to end up being a shelved kind of thing and we'll, we'll revisit it in the future. I think you're totally right. And I think that's what this whole show is about, right? We're here to tell fun stories to people. And, and, and I'm learning already because those are three or four critters that I had no idea were on the list of cryptids. So it makes sense to me that we move on. We learn from what we got out of today, the hauntings included, um, that we're going to get to in a second. But we take these and we move on. And when we find something similar again in the future, our knowledge will be deeper and uh, mm-hmm. if there's similarities, we now have a kind of a frame of reference that will start expanding. I think so. So, yeah, just putting the stories together. Wanna... Um, so it's interesting that we talked about Salisbury Cove yeah. um, because there's an interesting kind of haunting area Ooh. around Salisbury Cove that leads us into our next topic, which is Acadia National Park. Um, Acadia National Park has a lot of interesting lore. It has hauntings. It has UFO stuff. It's got some cryptid stuff. It's it's kind of just the hub of Maine where a lot of stuff tends to happen. Mm-hmm. So it's a very interesting thing. And one of the big things that I found out a couple of days ago that we added to our research um, was the Gates of Hell <laughs> of Salisbury Cove. So the Gates of Hell uh, is a area where you can go hiking. And apparently in 2009, a local woman was hiking up there and she kept hearing far away someone screaming, help me, get me out of here. And so as she got closer to this area, these are where the paranormal enthusiasts are saying these are the gates to hell. One of the gates to hell. There's many across the United States for Mm -hmm. the record. This is also in the area of the Mount Desert Island Biological Laboratory. So another hiker also claimed that they came across a dog that looked like a German shepherd, except it had two heads and Whoa. acted slightly scared when it saw the hiker. Um, it had a smaller head that was coming out of its shoulder. And that was one of the things that we talked about with the Greek lore of Cerberus and being one of the original hellhounds. So it's kind of one of those things that I think that maybe they came across possibly an actual portal to hell or the hell realms. Uh Um, And maybe they actually did come across a hellhound. So that's very interesting. Gosh, with it being a genetics laboratory. um, Gosh, what what if it really was just a a dog? Like, what if they were up to some creepy experiments in there? I know. We're back to the conspiracy theory of the genetics lab. It's true, though. (laughs) I mean, you said it's right in that area. And I can even think of an experiment that did happen and was documented, at least as far as I know. I should dig into it more before I state that aloud. But there's a very uh, experiment where they did that with a dog. So (laughs) it, it could happen. Don't mess with the puppies, please. No, not the puppies. Please don't. But also the thing is, why are so many of them getting just like let out? What was the person screaming again? Uh, They They... were screaming, help me and get me out of here. So what if they're like locked up at the genetics lab? Right. I was literally just about to say that. I was literally just thinking, it was like, what if it's a person that they're actually genetically testing? This is kind of creepy. (laughs) Oh, no. 
Oh my gosh, I, that's a whole other thing. We're gonna we have our eyes on you, Mount Desert and all that island. Yeah. <laughs> we're watching you ship harbor nature trail. We see you what you're up to. Uh, oh my Speaking god, of ship harbor. Chat says something like that. In my oh wait, what what's this? Something like this in the mountain village in Peru, where my dad grew up as well. Oh, details wanted. Yes, Pagan. Speaking of Ship Harbor Trail, there's mm-hmm. some spooky stuff going on down here. So in uh, 1739, again, we're talking Ship Harbor Nature Trail, Bar Harbor, is where that mm-hmm. is. Um, 200 it's all, people. It's all in the same park of Acadia National Park. It's all in the same area right there on the coast. Yeah. For chat, you can see on the north side of the island where, where Salisbury was. South side's this Ship uh, Harbor Trail. So 1739, 200 people were shipwrecked here. It uh, goes on to say that over half of them died and were buried in unmarked graves throughout the region. The rest of the group went into help and were never heard from again. And then there's just been various some various hauntings afterwards. Did you did you catch more mm-hmm. of the ghost stories with them, Pagan? Um, there's a lot of people that will go hiking on this trail mm-hmm. and they will hear disembodied voices, they will see apparitions, they will see spirit figures, um, they they see a lot of stuff. Um they've heard people literally walking away with very similar things to like the Bell Witch Cave here. They'll pick up something from the trail and they'll come back and they will have to return it because it gave them a run of severe bad luck. So they say this area is cursed and perhaps that's part of the curse is if you take something from there because maybe these sailors that tried to settle there, even though Maine is a very unforgiving landscape, um, maybe they, they cursed the land when they died. So if you take something from there, perhaps you're taking something that doesn't belong to you. I, that's a very that's a very interesting one, and also kind of showing people the map here. I mean, you're really out there. This is the this is the final frontier before the ocean at this rate. Where this <laughs> it's true. Um, the markers back <laughs> on the Salisbury part, but like that that harbor trails over right at the very. It should be like right here. Yep, there we go. Ship Harbor Trailhead. So when you follow that out, I mean, it's you and the great ocean. So. I think that also plays into something. Um, There's a lot of just interesting stories about coastlines, lighthouses, all kinds of stuff like that, Peg. And I cannot wait to dive into it. That's something as a kid I was so into. So into. And you had found some really interesting reports about the UFOs around that area. Well, I'd like to say interesting, but I think when you and I were looking into it, it was very, very limited. Um, It It was limited, yes. Yeah, basically, uh, same exact area. There's the Cadillac Mountain Range there. Uh, it's, it's, again, right on this island, and uh, there was someone filming. I might have a link to the video itself. Um, I believe Let me see. You know what? I don't have yeah, that handy. It's, yeah, it's uh, right at the top under attachments. Oh, oh, there we go. Okay, sorry. I was cl- no, that doesn't take me the nope, video. That's not- <laughs> that oh, was okay. my bad linking. Oops. I'll I'll clear that up oh, for the future. That's okay. Anyway, well, we'll put it in show notes for you guys. Well, that's where I don't want to come across harsh, but the video wasn't entirely. Like, I, I don't know. I think some people would lose their mind over that video. Not really me. It was a lot of strange lights popping up 
on a hillside, uh, you know, on one of these kind of mountain ranges there right on the coast. And you see all these kind of flashes and flares. To me, it looked like it was coming from something almost on the ground on the island on the mountain. But, you know, mm-hmm. they were saying it was like hovering above it. I just couldn't really see it in that video. I couldn't so, see anything hovering above it because mm-hmm. you and I watched that video together. So the interesting thing is those lights would light up the entire sky, like yes. super bright. So that was really interesting because there's not a whole lot of lights that can do that. So I found that really interesting for the fact that, you know, you're out in the middle of nowhere, you're on this mountain range, you're hiking and you're doing all this stuff and lights just light up the entire sky out of nowhere. And these are not northern lights. This was in the middle of summer. This was right at dusk. And so and it wasn't the sunlight. And obviously sunlight doesn't flare in and out like kind of strobing. It doesn't do that. So it was it was a weird video. It really was. Yeah, I agree. It, it was it was weird. I I would like to know more about that. I'd like to see again more of that area. I just want to know more about what what it says. Um, this is the Ellsworth American we're looking at here as as a newspaper sort of source where they say um, UFOs reported above the Cadillac Mountain. A group of sky gazers saw uh, what they say believed to be unidentified flying objects passing over the Mount Desert Island in Acadia National Park area Friday night. This was dated, by the way, in 2013. Uh, let's see. Wife and several friends on a great Cranberry Island porch around 10.30 p.m. when they noticed several strange lights moving in the sky to the north. Quote, we saw four round-shaped orange-colored objects that were traveling from Cadillac Mountain toward Duck Island, Lynn says. And that's, that's common, actually. You know, this, this, this fiery ball of light is a really, really, really common UFO report. So it fits. It fits. There just wasn't too much, like, corroborating, you know? This is the one case, and then it was sparse. Yeah, and unfortunately with Maine, that's pretty much how all of the stuff is. There's not much information to really go off of. Yeah. Um, so Maine's a weird one. It, it is. really is. But it was fun. Uh, and I think we've we could do we could go so much first further in the future with what we got we from it. So we really could. With that, Especially the haunted stuff. Oh yeah. So you want to dive into that a little bit more? Tell oh, us, I do. I tell do, us I some do. of those haunted areas. So we have a few really great haunted places. There's a lot more, but we're just not gonna have the time in the show to get to all of them. If you'd like to know more, we could do supplementary episodes on them on Patreon for you guys. But one of the big ones for me was the Robbie Andrews Dormitory at the University University of Southern Maine. Now there's Rumors of several deaths in this dormitory. One is a female who is uh, found pregnant, and she didn't want to go through the pregnancy alone, so she killed herself. Another one, um, she got homesick and decided that she was going to jump off the building out of the tower. But they don't really know if she actually jumped or if she was pushed. That was the other thing. So there's a lot of students that state that they have stories of cold spots, hearing footsteps, furniture being moved on the fourth floor, even though that attic floor of the fourth floor has been closed off to students for many years um there's also students uh who have reported seeing a woman in the tower and they see the woman either being pushed or jumped and when they rush to where she should be there's nobody on the ground Ooh, those falling apparition sort of things are a creepy one too like where they where they Mm -hmm. yeah just kind of disappear on the other side you're trying to find it the body and you find out it wasn't real the first time 
The interesting thing is those kind of things are what we call residual hauntings. Those are basically just imprint hauntings. The ghost is not in the right mindset. They don't basically they don't realize that they're dead. And so they keep replaying their death scene over and over and over again. And that's why it's a residual haunt. And so that's why people will see this woman being jumped or slash pushed out of the thing. But there's nobody actually there. Um, no, this is not a woman in white, but speaking of a woman in white, that's our next story. Oh, so yeah. nice, nice job there, Sammy. Um, so there is a woman in white story, uh-huh. which there's pretty much a woman in white story in every state, but I'm kind of cool. This one's very interesting and it is a true woman in white story. Um, so before we dig into this, let me define mm-hmm. what a woman in white yes. or a lady in white actually is for those who are listening. A woman in white is a female ghost who is typically dressed in a white dress or similar garment who is seen in rural areas associated with local legends of tragedy. Ladies in white are often found around the world and they often have legends of accidental death, murder, suicide, or a theme of loss such as a betrayal of a husband, fiance, or unrequited love. So... This one is a couple was on their way back from their honeymoon. Husband had a little too much to drink, crashed his car into a tree and died. She crawled out of the car looking for help. When she returned, there was no one to be found. She couldn't find anyone. This was in the late in the year. And it actually got to the point when it was starting to get cold and she froze to death. This is the Brownville. So, is this the Brownville Road yeah, one? The, the Brownville Road one, yes. Yeah, I don't think. Do we, um, we tell them where it was? I'm so sorry. I may have missed that. Uh, it's Brownville Road, Maine. Okay. Um, I don't. Uh, it's right outside, uh, not too far from Millinocket, Maine. Ah, and I'm showing. I found a little like kind of video tour of actually that bridge as well. So, ooh. ooh, like, yeah, that's neat. Which is really interesting because a lot of women in white are associated with areas with bridges. So that's also an interesting correlation that they show a bridge there. Um, So one woman, a local woman, said that um, she was a student who was attending the University of Maine at Presque Island. Uh, I probably butchered that. I'm sorry. Um, They basically (laughs) dared her to go to this campground with them, thinking it was a myth the lady had died and someone had stolen her wedding ring. And that's why she haunts the road. She's there for revenge. Uh, So apparently if you bring her a necklace, she will allow you to ask questions and she'll show up. Um, But apparently it's not dangerous. She she's not one of the ones that. Um, I guess if you seek her out and all that, she might want you to like to get revenge because of that. I don't know that the wedding ring thing was one of the things we couldn't substantiate, but it is lore with that. So that was an interesting kind of thing. Yeah, I, I really can't wait to see more of the Lady in White sort of stories. Just they've always and they're all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many of them. Gosh, I, I just you triggered a memory too. Um, not a lady in white, but a, a friend I had out here in Salt Lake was telling me once that when she was growing up, she, her and her mom were in the car and they drove past what was like a little kid or something on the side of the road that wasn't That's very necessarily too. a little kid. Those by the side of the road ones, whether it's a lady in white or it's a, a child, they seem to be very commonly, you know, intertwined like that. Like you just said, uh, I can't wait to see how those develop as we just dive into other states. I want to know more. 
There, there is one of those um, children on the side of the road stories, which we'll talk about on Patreon for you guys, because we're just not going to have time to get to it, unfortunately. Um, but since we talked about our Spectre Moose, which the sightings of that Spectre Moose were on the western bank of the Penobscot River. I'm, I'm sure I butchered that as well. Um, which also on the western bank of that same river <gasps> lies Fort Knox. What? Mm-hmm. Same side of the, the lake, y'all. It's very weird. Or I'm sorry, same side of the river. It's just very weird that the Spectre Moose in Fort Knox, which also happens to be haunted on the same thing. Yeah. And, and I, like that one, I want to go back and dig into. I want to see if there's a ley line there. I want to see if there's some sort of paranormal hub thing there that's causing this. Because there's all sorts of natural stuff that actually causes it. And I want to see if there's something there that's holding these things there. Ooh. So I, I wanna do I wanna do more research into this and we're gonna get to that eventually some other time. That that's one of those things of I'll do that later and we'll come back to it another day. Exactly. And I'm gonna um, show I'm showing a quick map here for people in chat. I mean, where we're talking about with Fort Knox is just mm-hmm. a very short I don't know how far that actually is, but that looks like a thirty minute drive at most. Maybe it's a little longer. I don't know but that's very close to that mount desert island when you take the state into account maybe it's even closer it's also interesting because that area's got a lot of bodies of water a lot yes and water is also a conduit of spiritual activity so it's interesting that all of these hauntings and all of these cryptid stories and all this stuff happen right in the same area it is it's just it's super fascinating to me uh so apparently at Fort Knox, Fort Knox, you can go and get tours. They do a ghost tour and all this stuff. Um, Sci-Fi Channel's Ghost Hunters um, did an episode on it, and they did conclude that it's apparently very, very, very haunted. Um, but they did say that while it never saw a battle, many of the ghosts still remain and roam the dark granite tunnels. Uh-huh. It was only active. It was built in 1844 and um, basically stayed open until 1869, I believe. Um, I'm not 100% on that date, but I will say that it's just, it's, it's very fascinating that it didn't see battle, but the ghosts still haunt it. They still roam it. They still do their duties. It's just a very interesting thing. It's a great place. I, that has to be some really rich history. I mean, that's the whole thing with this whole northwestern area. It's it's maybe why, um, I don't want to say disappointed again, but it's why I was surprised that we couldn't find a depth of information. Is because when I think of the northeast of the United States, that is an area that has our longest, like, European history in, you know, colonizing mm-hmm. that Um, dates back significantly longer, again, in European-style history than, say, areas in California. Of course, there's native tribes all throughout. We're going to touch on a ton of stories like that. And I would love, Mm -hmm. by the way, if people... I know some people in the audience here um, have tribal heritage and stuff like that. So if it's cool and people want to share any of those type of tribal stories and stuff in the future, that will be... Oh, that is a wealth of knowledge there. So... Very exciting. And, and it's why I was surprised. one of our people actually yeah. commented on Our Lady in White, um, La Llorona. Uh-huh. Uh, she is also another Lady in White, which we will talk about when we get to the state of New Mexico. I have a whole lot of lore on her, and I have some personal stories with her as well because that's where I grew up. So yes. we're going to get to that. 
It's going to be good times. Carmen in chat says, I have stories to add in there, too. Please, yes. If you guys want, we're going to we're gonna figure out a way to have people submit them. Sorry, we're doing this in the middle. That's kind of towards the end, the wrap-up sort of area, getting close to it. Um, but just to say that we're working on a way uh, to kind of give you guys an outline of what's the best way to submit stuff. We want to welcome in audio sort of things. If you want to take your phone and record, you know, in your voice notes there and send it in. <laughs> Um, you know, send in some sort of written story. We just want to give you guys a sane amount of length so we can play it on the show. That way you're not recording yourself like a two-hour thing and we can't play it. So we want to get you guys yeah. a good outline of what we're looking for, and that's going to come with time as we get situated. But without further ado, Pagan, do you want to call out one more haunting story before we really I get into the wrap I actually have one. Yes. Um, we're going to do a haunted forest one. Ooh. And we started talking about loggers and we're going to end talking about loggers. So one of the stories that absolutely fascinated me, and it, this is another one I want to dive deeper into is the narrow, uh, the old narrow gauge trail. Now there is also an old narrow gauge railroad that was used by loggers back in the day. And that's all it was used for was logging. It would, the train cars went in to take the logs out and they brought the people to cut them down in. So in this, on this hiking trail, um, I don't know if the railroad is still there, if they've removed it, but I know it's right next to where the railroad was, this trail is, and you can go hike there. Um, Orbs of light have been seen, dark shadows, and screams of get out are some of the hauntings that have happened in the Randolph Forest, which is where this trail is associated. Um, there's also a well-known spirit of Bicycle Larry, who is a beloved local who went missing bike and all. Locals state that he was murdered by Norris Perry, um, but the man he stayed with, but no body was ever found. So interestingly enough, if anybody has ever been around loggers at any point in time, logging is an extremely dangerous field to work in. Um, you can get crushed, you can get cut, you can disappear, you can get lost, you can just, it's a terrible field to work in and all respect to the loggers that still do it and provide us with all of the resources from the wood that we get. So that being said, back in the day, before we had modern equipment, these loggers, the profession was even more dangerous than it is now. And if you went into an area that was being logged and the loggers saw you, they would scream at you to get out and they would yell and they would try to escort you out. Some would even shoot at you to get you to leave. So it's very interesting that on this trail, when you're hiking through, there's screams of get out. So it makes me wonder, are these loggers that possibly perished working those mountains still haunting that area and they're screaming at the hikers to get out because the area is unsafe. Ooh. So that is a very interesting correlation that I want to dig deeper into. Maine is just one of those things that there's just got to be so much more info and it may literally take a trip to Maine to figure out the paranormal, but I want to know more. Maine, give me the info. <laughs> yeah, I think that's going to be so common in many of our... Again, this was weird. I know we've been a broken record, but a lot of states have so many details on their hauntings. A lot of them play them up, too, as, as yeah. you know, tourist destinations and stuff like that. So, again, that's where we can get whole one-off episodes on a singular topic because people have just done so much research and compiled so much. But these stories were also scattered. Very interesting. 
and maybe maybe some of them wind up in some ways being creepy because of their obscurity because they're not uh super well known people don't know exactly what to expect which kind of brings us full circle back to uh, an interesting term when we were looking at the cryptid side and we kept running into things describing the cryptids in that area as fearsome critters and it's like really <laughs> A fearsome critter. One of the, one of the ones we cut off of here was called the Bildad. Basically, it looks like a. It looked like a beaver with a, a beak of an eagle. Yeah, that was about it. It was looked like any other beaver. Maybe it could jump a little bit higher or something. But they're calling a fearsome creature, and I'm laughing with Peggy. I'm like, why is that a fearsome critter? Critter. I'm sorry. Well, I I got to some researching last night just on a whim. I I threw in a different Google search term, and I came up with the idea or came up with the result that fearsome critters. Um, actually was a term i got this from wikipedia it says in north america north american folklore fearsome critters were fabulous beasts jokingly said to inhabit the wilderness in or around logging camps especially in the great lakes region today the term may also be applied to similar tall tale animals and pagan you messaged me you're like oh no are all of our cryptid things that we are going to talk about are they all fairy tales my answer is maybe i mean the documentation is little but what are fairy tales? I mean, that is, that is, I think what we're here I mean, for. That, that is very much. And it's the term that you actually used was tall tales. And what's it really came to mind was Paul Bunyan and his mm-hmm, blue mm-hmm. ox. And that is a tall tale. And who's to say that, you know, Paul Bunyan actually wasn't a form of a fairy. There are fae that are not teeny tiny little Tinkerbell looking things. They actually mm-hmm. stand super tall. They're like eight or nine feet tall. So it's just very interesting um, that these tall tales might actually be connected to fey lore. So it's kind of, you know, maybe these fearsome critters actually are part of the fey world. I don't know. I wouldn't say you're wrong in, in any way. I, I, I think it's very interesting. And, and kind of the last bit I'll share is there is a, a book out there called Fearsome Critters uh, related to Maine. And someone went through, I think it was in the 19, 1939, I believe is the date I caught on it. Uh, oh, maybe I can even pull that up really quickly on the side. But basically went through and gathered up all these stories from the different logging uh, areas. You know, guys were, were bored at times. Some of them were scared. They used it to explain events that they couldn't necessarily rationalize away. So we're going to see a lot of that. And I don't think that's something to ever really be afraid of in, in this paranormal thing. I, again, why Peg and I come together to do this podcast is out of the sheer fun and um, interest that we have in the field. You know, I, I think looking into the stories, whether or not we get solid evidence, I, I don't ever expect that, by the way. But, uh, you know, whether you find solid evidence for it or it's a tall tale, I think I think it's cool. And I think it all has a place. I mean, someone saw something or someone concocted up these weird stories of monsters in the woods and uh I don't know. I just want to know more, Pagan. I want to know a lot more. I, I want to know more, too. And the funny thing is that you say that they concocted up these stories. Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting because mythology, mm-hmm. the study of you know all this, it stemmed from partial truth. Yeah. So perhaps these monstrous stories actually did stem from some sort of truth. And over the years in the game of lore telephone... Yeah. Um, it, it's changed into a much deeper, scarier monster than it actually was. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was a cute little critter that happened to be part of the Fey world. We will never know. But 
short of, you know, going and actually seeing this critter for myself, I'm going to, you know, say it cannot be confirmed. It cannot be denied. It stays in the realm of chaos and shadow. It does stay in the realm of chaos and shadow. I love it. So that kind of brings our initial gaze on Maine to a close. Again, strange, but strangely exciting. And and we are going to do a little bit more uh, of, of detail on Patreon. One of the things that Peggy and I have kind of set up in our own mind for this. We actually, it can be visited now, chat, by the way. We have the Patreon set up. Uh, we mm-hmm. just created it. We still have some more work to do. But if you click on the, our link, uh, our link tree one, you can go to the support us tab. And we've got some awesome stuff just listed up here for, for tiers. We're going to be doing some articles on our own. We're throwing up some extra podcasts. We're going to just just to reveal all. And we've already started, too. We're already working mm-hmm. on some little things. And we're barely out of the gate. So if anyone's looking to support us, wants to get <laughs> us off the ground, want to get us over to actually doing some of these uh, actual endeavors I, we'd love to go in person and, and sleuth out some so consider supporting we really do and the funny thing is that when kyle and i originally we talked in one of our calls about not necessarily going to the mm-hmm. biggest baddest scariest places but go to the places that are a little bit unsung and might have some paranormal lore these cute little you know possibly haunted hotels and all that we really want to you know go and tell their story because a lot of these places don't get the paranormal recognition that they deserve and if we can go tell some spirit story and maybe that's what those spirits want they just want to have somebody listen to them if we can do that to them that would be ideal so um i think that we're uh ready to know start wrapping up what yeah i i would just say um i i feel good main we're gonna keep like i said we're keeping our eyes on you we've got many other breakout stories to tell from mm-hmm. it pagan why don't you tell the folks what's going on with our social media accounts well our social media account to all of you who have uh followed us on twitter who have followed us on instagram if you subscribe to that patreon wherever you end up Thank you so much for doing it. Thank you so much for reaching out. Our social media platforms have exploded in two weeks. I've never seen so many follows come (laughs) in. I've never seen so many people reaching out to us on social media so quickly. And I believe it's our Instagram. Our Instagram, I think, has 101 followers already. Wow. We literally just set this up. We literally just set this up like last week. It's crazy. Um, So thank you all for following. Thank Mm -hmm. you all for supporting. Thank you all for listening to us and helping us kind of make our little wild and crazy paranormal dreams come true. Um, Like I said, Kyle and I eat eating, breathing, sleeping, the paranormal over here, literally, like, to the point that I'm dreaming about research. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, jeez. That's problematic. um, (laughs) It might be, but uh, (laughs) at the same time, it's been a wild adventure that I look forward to lots and lots more episodes with you guys. So thank you all for that. So that's twitter.com forward slash chaos and shadow. Instagram is chaos and shadow podcast. Email is mysteries of chaos and shadow at gmail.com. And I find the link tree a real mouthful to say, which is why we bought chaos and shadow.com. Woo! And that links to the link tree. So chaos and shadow. 
Anchor.com will send you where you can get the hub of all that info. From there, you can find the Anchor page, which has the web player for the podcast. It's got Spotify. Um, it can get you the RSS feed, all that stuff you guys need to download mm-hmm. it. If you want to check out other ways to listen, I know you're already hearing us, but uh, it's on Spotify. So just Chaos and Shadow. It has mysteries in front of it. I will warn you. It's got the full title. It's Mysteries of Chaos and Shadow, colon, and then it goes yes. on to say what it is. But um, Chaos and Shadow should bring stuff up. So so check that out. What else do I want to pimp out last second? Um, um, Discord? It's on iTunes. Thank oh, you yeah. to those oh, who yeah, have that's it. done our... Um, Thank who you. Have a- given us the reviews on itunes thank you for that yeah we're gonna start calling those out so as you guys throw in those five star reviews we're gonna call those out those help us a lot totally free for you to do go in there on your iphone or go in there your android phone whatever it is slap a review in there it helps us a lot it does promote you through there so as you guys do that discord.gg forward slash kds if you guys want to join in we have a channel set up uh, again, I think that's where the sharing of these stories is going to be. And as we figure out mm-hmm. more and more, we're going to let you guys know. I hope you like the spooky stylings of our background music today. We switched it up. It felt very woodsy and appropriate, Pagan. It did. It, it was amazing. So thank you all. Yes. And you guys can hang out with us. We're probably going to talk for a few more minutes. Indeed. And um, definitely go yeah. over some of the other stuff and questions. So, so if you guys want to do that, thank you so much. Last thing from you, Pagan, what's your Twitch so people can find you? Pimp yourself out oh, quickly. My Twitch is uh, twitch.tv forward slash PaganWolf13. You can find me there. Um, there's probably going to be a link tree associated with this as well. <laughs> yes. That's got my Twitter, Instagram, all that fun stuff. You can connect with me there. You guys are amazing. So thank you. Yes. And then you guys, again, Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern, you can find uh, this show on uh, twitch.tv forward slash Kyle Dempster Studios. I am kind of resetting my switch schedule, so I don't dare tell you what times I'm actually here. But that is one you can guarantee. Also, tomorrow, mm-hmm. Friday night, um, Stark and I are going to be doing our show. We, we retold this kind of video game uh, tech news thing. And we're going to swing it more into the vein of crazy outlandish news coupled with some tech stuff so those weird stories i think including some uh cocaine coffee beans and such that were smuggled across the border so for all that weirdness check out tomorrow's show we'll give you guys more details that again same twitch page 8 p.m eastern on friday night so thank you all for listening we'll catch you here next week Peggy, what are we doing where are we going did we decide that I think we're probably going to um, start bouncing around New England. We're definitely going to be heading towards New, um, Rhode Island, where you've got some stuff for New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. And we've got some big stuff, including an interview in Ohio. Whoa. Sorry, <laughs> guys, we it. have a child walk in. Family in the shot. I love it. I love it. Okay, everyone, thank you so much for joining us. Twitch chat, we're going to hang out with you guys a little bit longer, but everyone listening uh, to this this podcast forum, thank you again. Check out all of our links in the show notes below. We love you, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. See you next week. Bye-bye.